Hello everyone. And I don't know if you read my latest newsletter, but I begin by mentioning that I've been rummaging around in my metaphorical cupboards and pulling out and dusting off a number of shamanic trauma healing modalities that I'll be teaching people this year. At the same time, and right at the very back, under a pile of nag champa joss sticks, sandalwood japamalas, and pretty silk sari tops that I'd never get into today, I found some CDs of Vedic chanting that I'd brought back from India in the 90s. I'd stayed at Satya Sai Baba's ashram in Andhra Pradesh in southern India. I was there for about six months and one of the many things I'll never forget about it was when every morning at dawn the students from his college would form choirs and regale us with the most beautifully sung mantras. The mantras were at least 6,000 years old and probably much older than that. There's no doubt that they're the most ancient form of sound healing known to man. They were composed by the Vedic rishis, who were shamans who understood the sacred geometrical and alchemical healing qualities of sound. These rishis would have known long before today's behavioural neurologists discovered it that the bridge where the cables of nerves cross from the conscious mind into the subconscious mind is in fact made up of frequency. I'll, I'll say that again, because it's so mind blowing. The bridge that carries our thoughts and feelings from the conscious to the subconscious is not made of a material substance, but of frequency. In other words, it consists of music and its close fellow traveling troubadour poetry. So back then in India, the students of Satya Sai Baba were in effect singing into manifestation the template of the day to harmonize the frequency of the bridge between our conscious and subconscious minds. We may think the subconscious mind is not important. After all, it can't communicate to us in the English language or any language for that matter, but it is not dumb or redundant actually quite the reverse. This silent witness situated below the chatterbox of the conscious mind is like the seven-eighths of the iceberg that drives the one-eighth, the conscious mind, on the surface. So when the bridge of the musical frequency between the two is twisted or disturbed by discord, so is the progress of our day. It is as if two warring armies meet head-on on that bridge and the clash of weapons creates the cacophony which disrupts the smooth running of the mind-body-spirit field. It's obvious really when we follow our instincts and are not swayed by changing fashions in what's cool. It's a no-brainer. We know we're attracted to music and rhythmic rhyme that makes us feel good and that we're naturally repelled by the opposite. I remember once going to a Miles Davis concert at Hammersmith Odeon in London. I was already in a black mood anyway. I, I'd had a bad day and at work and I had a horrible headache. And I was with my second husband as well, a saxophonist, and he always wound me up. But my black mood just grew blacker and blacker as I was forced to stare at Miles Davis's back while he blew every discordant note and chord he could think of. Well, that's how it seemed to me. He didn't deem any of us worthy of looking at. 
I began to feel that I was in one of Dante's nine circles of hell, one full of music snobs and concept albums. It wasn't long before I developed a full-blown migraine, swirling lights and everything. So I, I finally got up to leave. I walked up the aisle and into the foyer and my husband came panting up behind me. Nobody ever walks out of a Miles Davis concert, he shouted. Nobody. Well, somebody just did, I said. By contrast, I remember exactly where I was when I first heard Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. I expect you do too. I was 13 years old and sitting in the back of the family car, a pale green Ford Popular, listening to the one and only pop music programme of the week, Alan Freeman's Pick of the Pops, coming over the crackling dashboard radio. It was one of those lazy Sunday afternoons that are as still as a pond as if the whole world had stopped. Suddenly, a stone was thrown into that still pond. Out of nowhere, I was pinned backwards in my seat by the stream of words coming out of the radio. I couldn't move. Yes, the m music was great. That Hammond organ riff was pretty hypnotic, but it was the rolling stream of, I can only say, what sounded like sneering vituperative invective in perfect rhyme and meter. There was a kind of beauty to it that was riveting me to the spot. I'd never heard words strung together like that before. I didn't even know what they meant, but I just wanted more of it. I didn't know it then, but the power of this form of poetry would have been quite familiar to the mythologist W.B. Yeats, who once wrote about the power of the poet, the bard, in Ireland at one time, but which still held sway in the countryside when he was writing in the mid-20th century. In his book Mythologies, he writes, The bards were the most powerful influence in the land, and all manner of superstitious reverence environed them around. No gift they demanded might be refused them. A poem and an incantation were almost the same. A satire could fill a whole countryside with famine. Something of the same feeling still survives perhaps in the extreme dread of being rhymed up by some local maker of unkindly verses. End of quote. Well, back in 1965, I was rhymed up by Bob Dylan, and so was a whole generation, although we didn't know then where this long and winding Highway 61 would take us, fertile fields or famine. Dylan didn't know it himself. He had been taken over by some trickster rhyming god who did, though. Probably Mercury can jump Pluto with a sprinkling of Saturn thrown in, and Dylan's been complaining about the worldwide fame it brought him ever since. But anyway, back to Vedic India. Luckily, the Indians preserved the knowledge of the power of verse for thousands of years so that we can benefit from it today. The most holistically all-powerful one is the Gayatri Mantra from Mandala 3 of the Rig Veda, and that's the one I'm going to teach you today in order to potentize the ecstasy of the heart meditation. As you will know if you've listened to episodes one and two, the ecstasy of the heart technique is extraordinarily potent in magnifying your future towards you. There are all sorts of Indian mantras you can use for the same purpose to improve the quality of your life. Some are directed at bringing riches, 
others for power or for strength or for a romantic partner and so on. There's even Ganesh, the elephant god, who you can petition to ask him to remove all obstacles that are in the way of the path of your life. But with the Gayatri mantra, you're magnetizing towards you wisdom enlightenment from the goddess of all the three worlds, the upper world, middle world and underworld. So you can't go much higher than that. It's a bit like getting the boss of everything on your side. Her name is Gayatri and she's said to be the protector of all mankind and of whosoever seeks her refuge by reciting this mantra. So I'll be talking you through it as we go through the meditation, but just quickly for now, this is what it sounds like. Don't worry about trying to memorize it because we'll do that later. But it goes like this. Om Bhuva Sava Tad Savitur Varenyam Bhago Devasya Dimahi Diyoyona Prachodaya. There's a lot more that can be said about this powerful powerful healing mantra but um, I'll let you do your research on it later on. I just want you to experience it. So now I'm going to show you how to harmonize the bridge of frequency and we'll be reaching it via the ecstasy of the heart technique. Some of you will be familiar with this way but don't worry if this is your first time. I will guide you through it. Once we're at the bridge I'll recite the words of the Gayatri Mantra for you to repeat in your own mind. So first of all, get yourself comfortable. Don't worry about sitting cross-legged or tangling yourself up into a full lotus position or anything. Just make sure you're comfortable. You can sit in a chair if you prefer to, or you can lie on the bed. I, I usually just lie on the bed, it's much more comfortable. And then you've got your own pillows and everything. And just take a few relaxing breaths to shake off the stress of the day. I'll let you do that first of all. Now I want you to become aware of your heart, which by which I mean the organ in the center of your lungs and below your breastbone but slightly to the left. I want you now to focus on your heart and at the same time begin to think of about something that you are grateful for. It could be a hugely blessed event that sends trills of happiness through you whenever you think about it, or it could be just something as simple as a delicious dinner you enjoyed yesterday, or anything in between. It really doesn't matter what it is. It is the action of gratitude itself that's important. You just need an excuse to get your gratitude muscle working. Now imagine a cup or chalice sitting in your heart and the gratitude is taking the form of golden nectar. Go ahead now and pour the golden nectar into the chalice. When you breathe in, inhale the golden nectar up through your lungs into your nostrils and then breathe out into the room. You can watch the 
golden nectar of gratitude filling the room like a web of gold. Keep doing this, breathing in the nectar from the cup in your heart and then breathing it out to fill your room with its golden web. Your mind may still try to come in with its chatter, but just tell it that you're in total command of what's going to happen next, that you will be giving yourself this time, this space in time, to experience the gift of the present moment, and that there is nothing more important for you to do right now. Once the golden web of nectar has filled your room, open the window and let it fly out across your whole neighborhood. Just watch it go. As it spreads, you'll see that it is now across your whole town. And eventually it, it is across your whole country. Now you see it's reaching out all over the world and wrapping the planet in a golden web of nectarous bliss. bridge of frequency. From here we're going to recite the Gayatri Mantra to pull in from those magnetic fields the best and highest protection, wisdom and illumination and to reharmonize the frequency of the bridge. So please repeat these words in your mind after me. Om Bur Bhuva Svaha Tat Savitur Varenyam Bago Devasha Dimahi Dioyona Prachodaya Om Bhuva Savaha Tat Savitur Varenyam Bago Devasha Dimahi Diyoyona Prachodayat Om Bhuva Savaha Tat Savitur Varenyam Bago Devasha Dimahi Diyoyona Prachodayat Om Bhuva Savaha 
tat savita verenyam bago devasha dimahi dio yona prashodayat om bu buva savaha tat savita verenyam bago Devasha Dimahi Dioyona Prachodayat Om Bhubhuva Savaha Tat Savita Varenyam Bago Devasha Dimahi Dioyona Prachodayat One more. Om Bhubhuva Savaha Tat Savitu Varenyam Bago Devasya Dimahi Dioyona Prachodayat You should be feeling the magnetics beginning to awaken in your body as the choirs across your bridge of frequency start to sing in harmony again. It might feel a little bit like a tingling sensation at first or sometimes we feel the energy racing to the parts of our body that need the most healing. It's different for everybody. Um, it's a purely subjective experience, but you will feel something. Eventually, you, you may feel a wave of energy traveling right through your body, which is a kind of magnetic wave that heals every cell of your body with its nectarous bliss. Just enjoy it for as long as you like. It's so blissful, you probably won't want to move, but don't worry, you can't overdose on this stuff. The longer you stay there, breathing in the nectar and breathing it out to the whole world, the more you will heal on all sorts of levels some you didn't even know about.
When you do decide to pull yourself out of it, do so slowly. You may not realize it, but you've been on quite a voyage and you'll need a few seconds to reacclimatize. So just feel yourself come back into your body and wriggle your toes and feel the energy racing around you and enjoy it. Feel that you're, you've got this strength returning to your body because that's what exactly is happening. And, um, and then just sit up very slowly when you feel ready. And I hope you go on to enjoy your day. I hope you feel the protection of Gayatri all around you. And I hope you feel her wisdom and enlightenment illumining your life. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.